It's Monday. It's October 11th. And the word of the day is Austis, which means a wistful omen of the first sign of autumn, a subtle coolness in the shadows, a rustling of dead leaves abandoned on the sidewalk, or a long skein of geese sweeping over your head like the second hand of a clock. Used in a sentence, Austis is delightful, and it's gone. It's gone. It's winter. Austis, <laughs> oh, a uh, northern thing? Yeah, in the south it's pronounced, oh shit, it's hot. Yep, there you go. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, a very different Amazon stops selling through Facebook. Trump will work really hard not to use I did to get illegal emoluments in his defense. <laughs> he will fail at that. And the U.S. Army gets attacked by a literal ninja. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, I missed you. I really, really missed you. Now, now you go. You guys, Heath, talk, you say Heath, something. What did we say about now you go? It doesn't work for orgasms. Exactly. We miss you too, buddy. I mean, sometimes it works for orgasms. I don't. In want our to... lead story tonight, we all missed each other. That's official. <laughs> and we missed you. And we missed a bunch of stuff that happened during September. I went back to review that stuff, and it's pretty much entirely science illiteracy kills millions of people, mm -hmm. and. Economic illiteracy kills millions of people, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not voting for Hillary Clinton helps remove bodily autonomy from millions of American uterus havers. It's fun yeah. stuff. It's fun stuff. So, ha, ah, we're going to switch it up a little bit and focus on, you know, the real news that nobody's talking about, and that includes a really big charcuterie board, like really, really big, a guy catching stuff in his mouth, an artist who started a prank war with a museum, the newest members of the Toy Hall of Fame, a ninja who attacked the U.S. Army, and white paint. But like Drying? super duper white paint. It's okay. like very, very white. All right. So, Heath, as to the one about a guy catching stuff in his mouth, again, nobody wants to see your vacation photos. They're so delightful. Start OnlyFans, man. Nice. Just start okay. one. That's what everyone else is doing. I haven't told you about it. So, <laughs> let's start with a few world records that just got set. In Little Falls, New York, ooh, ooh. a group called 315 Foodies put together a charcuterie board of meat and cheese that was 315 feet long. Tracks. What? According to one of the group leaders, this record is pretty much impossible to beat. Now, my thought was like 316. Yeah, right? I don't know. Something yeah, like that. Whatever. Uh -huh. Also, they made the board about a foot wide, which is stupid. Like, just make it an inch wide. Now you've got 3,780 feet. <laughs> Either way... After it was built, they fed everyone, and it turned into a super spread event. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm sick of COVID, too. I'm just not eat public olives with my fingers sick of it. Right. Also, <laughs> by the way, I fucking love food. You give it a French name, and suddenly Lunchables are a delicacy, right? Also, charcuterie, correct me if I'm mistaken here, means cooked flesh, right? How is that appetizing? That's that's meat. I love flesh. I know, Great. I love still. that. <laughs> also, Lunchables are a delicacy whether or not you can crunch <laughs> All right. Well, fair. I like Lunchables. Heath shouted at the security guard as they escorted <laughs> out of him yet another shop, right? <laughs> oh, so she can give out samples. Moving on, 
we also got a couple other world records last month, both by the same guy. An Idaho man caught 58 marshmallows in his mouth in one minute. They were being thrown by his friend from 15 feet away. Apparently, there was enough time for 63 tosses, and he missed five because he's a goddamn amateur. (laughs) But that was enough to break the record of 56. And I will break this record so easily. I could so easily break this record. Obviously, if you just want to hack it, you stick a little cluster together, and you do like five at a time with each throw of the marshmallows. And I will not spit them into a bowl like he did because, you know, I care about... The environment. I'll go full chubby bunny and then eat them all after the buzzer if I have to, but I'm eating those. Hey, to be fair, this is the first time we haven't had to cut the sentence, I'll eat them all after the buzzer out of the podcast. No, that's true. I'm impressed. (laughs) Snuck it in. You didn't think I would. And that same guy also set a new record by catching 35 grapes in his mouth in one minute while juggling three balls. Hmm. This includes a lot of missing, and I'm very confident that Noah will break this record very easily. He could probably do it for real. Noah, I'm guessing you could pull that off for real. Probably without almost choking a few times like the Idaho guy did. And I'm thinking... I could do it too if I keep the grapes in a bunch. You just had that's 36 grapes in a bunch. I caught them. Done. And uh, now I would like to spite hack pretty much all the records that are out there. This <laughs> might become a new show. Yeah, everyone stay tuned for our new TikTok show, All oh, That's Cheating. Yeah, right. <laughs> all I'm saying, Winning if, if Heath was there, Squid Game would have to have this lengthy list of bylaws. There'd have to be a guy who... <laughs> yeah, but he'd be out. the only one that wanted to continue. He'd be like 455. <laughs> Speaking of world records, a research team at Purdue University pulled off a new record for the whitest paint ever created. And in a positive twist, instead of being part of a weird feud between mediocre sculptor Anish Kapoor and his modern art rivals, like with the blackest black paint, the new white paint could actually help deal with climate change. The paint is so fucking white. How white is it? It's so white, (laughs) Eli. It's so white, it reflects 98.1% of solar radiation. I don't get it. So... A bi- you don't get the number <laughs> as a joke. You don't get percent. Don't get what, 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 what didn't you understand? I don't understand the punchline. It's very white. So a building covered <laughs> in the paint would need much less energy for cooling. It's not a joke. I'm, I'm describing what would happen to help climate change. Maybe take it seriously. It's not a joke and now. I was thinking. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking. Maybe also they could figure out a way to bounce the photons at like an angle straight into a solar panel too. Ooh, double up. Well, but so but if it's that white, I feel like it would just bounce the photons onto a black house and let them deal with it, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> feel bad for the IPRC, right? They're like, okay, so everyone, we just really need you to get China to agree to look how white my shit is. Am I helping? No. This, please. It might help. It, this yeah. really might be a thing. And speaking of Purdue. A large wad of raw chicken parts showed up on the baggage claim carousel at the Seattle airport recently. Well, According to a post on Instagram from the TSA, quote, We hear at one time these wings and thighs were cooped up in a cooler. Somewhere between baggage and the carousel, they became free range. Okay. Don't wing your travel okay. packing. Okay. End quote. <laughs> and I'm just... I'm just trying to imagine what's happening in your life that you need to bring a wad of raw chicken with you to Seattle, Washington. They have that when you get there. Right. They have chicken. Yeah. Hey, TSA, also, 
next time you want to do puns, call us. Right? Heath was on vacation. He was in an <laughs> airport when you were trying to come up with that. He could have taken care of that for you. If he had known what was going to happen, if he didn't, he definitely would have. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Marky Mark in 9-11 with your puns. What? Marky Mark said he could have stopped 9-11. Oh, okay. What? Yeah. It's How did Marky Mark, the rapper slash actor, believe he could have stopped rapper? 9-11? He got asked once in an interview about 9-11. I don't know why, because of the things that you just introduced him with. And he was like, oh, if I was on that plane, it never would have hit the trade towers. <laughs> and they were like, great, awesome. Let's ignore so much about you and let you continue to be in movies. Can we talk about how I beat up a Chinese guy? I feel like I look stupid I right now. I would love for us to talk about that more. Jesus Christ. He's the worst. He okay, the worst. <laughs> moving on. Next up, we have the 2021 Toy Hall of Fame induction. Oh, yeah. The 12 finalists were Billiards, Cabbage Patch Kids, The Fisher Price Corn Popper, Mahjong, Masters of the Universe action figures, nice. The Pinata, nice. Risk, Settlers of Catan, nice. a toy fire engine, and sand. Just sand. Yeah. Bucket of sand. Fuck yeah. Feels like that should have been honored at the first Toy Fair. What did they get to first? <laughs> well, I actually know that without looking it up. Big cardboard box. <laughs> when they included that in their inaugural class, I knew that the people running the fucking Toy Hall of Fame got it. They understood. Oh, <laughs> the giant refrigerator box Fuck and yeah. you roll down the hill in it. Hell so yeah, much fun. Man. It was a fort and it was a tank and it was Stick a Stick and hoop. And it was <laughs> a breakdancing platform. <laughs> Get off our lawn. And that brings us to the modern art prank war that happened. According to the Kunsten Museum in Denmark, they loaned an artist named Jens Hanning $85,000 in Danish kroner banknotes to recreate two of his previous works that included cash as part of the pieces. A few weeks later, the museum received a box in the mail from Hanning that had two completely empty frames. And they got an email from Hanning that said... I call the piece, take the money and run. Mm. And then when asked by a local news outlet if he would return the cash, Hanning said, of course I'm not paying back the cash. The work is that I took the money and ran. It's, it's in the title. Prison door slams behind him. Oh, everyone's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> and closing out our September roundup, we have some ninja news. According to Stars and Stripes newspaper, a special ops unit of the U.S. Army was doing training exercises at a California airfield, and they got attacked by a different elite special ops unit made of some guy dressed as a ninja wielding a katana sword. Apparently, the ninja was able to sneak into the airfield by walking slowly in, in the shadow areas mm -hmm. behind a series of very convenient wooden crates <laughs> so the low-level guards couldn't see him. And then he walked up to a special ops guy on the tarmac and said, Do you know who I am? When the army guy didn't know the answer, the ninja guy started slashing with the katana. Sub-zero. That's, <laughs> that's when the army guy ran away, jumped a fence, and ran inside a building where the rest of his team was waiting. And then, I assume he explained a bunch of times, no, fucking seriously, I got attacked by a literal ninja. This is real. I'm not doing a joke. This happened. And that's when the ninja ran up to the building. He caught up. And the ninja started kicking and punching the doors and windows of the building. The 26 members of this elite special ops team, they decided the ninja was a bit too dangerous to fight themselves. 
So they called the police and stayed inside the building. Eventually, the cops showed up and they apprehended the ninja and, of course, roasted the army team for think, having yeah. to call them. Still no word on the end game in the ninja's head of what he thought he was going to do there. <laughs> so I'm I'm on the ninja's side on this one, though. Stealth missions suck. Just get it over with. Yeah, just blast through. Get a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. So now that we've caught up with all the serious adult news for September, it's time for a quick break for a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Okay, 21 paces from the tree. Is it is that my paces or your paces? I don't know, man. It doesn't say whose paces. It's just hey, guys, what, what you doing? Oh, hey, Noah, we're just trying to find me a good therapist. But I don't know. Sometimes finding a good therapist can feel like a treasure hunt. A really hard treasure hunt. A really expensive treasure hunt. Yeah. And speaking of which, what would you say your average pace is? Like two feet, three feet, four feet? Ooh. Guys, guys, if there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. So wait, BetterHelp does the therapist finding for you? But what if I need a therapist who's secular or trans-affirming, for example? BetterHelp has a broad range of expertise available that might not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. I don't know, no. We already spent a lot of money on this map. And these shovels. Really mm -hmm. expensive yep. shovels. Well, actually, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Plus, Skeptocrat listeners get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Skeptocrat. All right, Noah, I'm in. Come on, Heath, let's go dig up your therapist. All right, you got it. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, okay, so we got lost in the metaphor a bit, but he's probably fine. It's, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, he's fine. Okay... We're back. Next up in headlines, in Egg on My Facebook News. Nice. You know who didn't have a good month off? <laughs> Facebook. Between one of their highest level employees dumping thousands of pages of damning insider information to the press and Congress and accidentally deleting their own website and apps for nearly a day, they've had the kind of week only wacky characters played by Jim Carrey and Seth Rogen tend to have. But don't worry. They've learned their lesson. They're making a change. That's right. From now on, you can't bite chunks of the Amazon rainforest on Facebook Marketplace anymore. What? Was that working as like an impulse buy? Amazon <laughs> rainforest? I got a really good bag of loose sawdust here and some rainforest. Nice. <laughs> click, click. Okay, but for real, he's... The best part of Facebook being down was seeing how many people posted within like four minutes of it being back up that it didn't really bother them. They barely even noticed. They weren't even sure. They didn't know it was down until somebody said something. Yeah, this new change in policy comes after a BBC investigation last month found listing for parts of the Amazon jungle as large as 1,000 soccer fields, including protected ecological sites, Right the fuck along with the super sad short stories that make up the rest of Facebook Marketplace. You know, unused weight sets and mm -hmm. almost brand new baby coffins. You know, the usual. <laughs> Used but like new baby coffin. Minor fingernail marks. Jesus Very small. <laughs> plus a free rainforest if you come pick yeah. it up. You get a free little piece of rainforest too. Okay. Now, to be fair to Facebook... A lot of these listings were just common land scams that replaced selling the Brooklyn Bridge and the Eiffel Tower with the Amazon rainforest. But until this week, 
Facebook didn't have a policy against those kinds of sales. And that that seems like the kind of thing you'd want to notice and take care of, I don't know, before the BBC gets their hands on it? Yeah, I, I feel like y'all have more money to throw at an investigation anyway. Mm-hmm. I think I can forgive them, though, for not assuming that would happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fair. Now, either way, overdue as this fix may be, it's fixed now, and Facebook Marketplace can go back to selling its customers slightly bloody microwaves and old baby clothes. So, win, 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 win. And in ho-tell-me-no-lies news. Small fingernail scratches on the inside of the microwave. Very small. Yeah. Like new. There's a stratum of pathetic that sits firmly below loser, and that's cheater. But there's also a stratum below that. As it turns out, and that's the combination of the two so thoroughly embodied by former President Donald Trump, the guy who cheats but still manages to lose. Yep. Yes, whether it's a presidential election, a game of golf, or a business deal, there are no historical examples who better exemplify the role of cheater loser than Schmuckle Orange. Uh, And we were presented with yet more evidence of that fact last week when a House panel revealed that despite all the barely concealed foreign payments and grift, his D.C. hotel managed to lose over $70 million over the course of his presidency. Okay, so for those keeping track, he is lost as the house owning a casino, a hotel in the middle of New York City, Mm -hmm. and now a presidential accommodation while he was the president. Whilst president. Yes. It's it's like he's in a weird bet with Satan to make sure the horned one never makes good on his end of the bargain. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, still, still didn't do it. Okay, okay, we're making this harder than it has to be. I can just give you cash for your soul directly. I'll just hand it to you. I lit it on fire. You you lit it on fire. Now, as much fun as gloating about what a record-setting failure Donald Trump is, that's not really the point of the story. Uh, it actually raises new troubling questions about a subject that was already brimming with troubling questions to begin with. Uh, and that subject, of course, is the Trump International Hotel, a luxury hotel that occupies Washington, D.C.'s old post office. Uh, and that all by itself raises issues because the old post office is a national historical site, and by law, it can't be leased to a person who works for the government. Uh, Now, they got around this with a combination of fig leaves of separation from his business empire that they erected uh, and the fact that no reasonable person could call the thing he was doing well in government work. But it also raises pretty (laughs) serious issues when foreign leaders started booking their stays at the hotel to curry favor with the sitting president. In fact, a former Mexican ambassador claims he was specifically told he should stay at Trump properties on his U.S. visits. Eh, I've been there. If I don't book a hotel with an ice machine on each floor when we do live shows, Noah takes a hostage. I've been there. Now, of course, the Trump administration dealt with accusations of foreign payments, which would be a super clear violation of the Emoluments Clause, the same way they dealt with literally every other issue they faced in the course of the presidency. They lied. Uh, But those lies are now being systematically uncovered by a Democrat-led House committee, which documented over $3.7 million in payments from foreign governments. Uh, Now, that's basically like five rooms booked for the entire time he was in office. And according to these new findings, the Trump organization failed to provide full details of those payments to the General Services Administration as required by law. Okay, I know this is serious, and I know we should actually care about this kind of thing. I don't want to go full Washington Post, but he tried to overthrow the election. It just... It just kind of feels like this thing is, you know, and Hitler didn't even have a gun license at this point. (laughs) Hold on, do these baby cage mattresses have the tags taken off? You're not allowed to take the tags off. 
Now, I, I should point out in the interest of fairness that the Trump Organization dismissed the findings as, quote, nothing more than continued political harassment and a desperate attempt to mislead the American public and defame Trump, end quote. But since they're the media equivalent of the door knocker that always lies, I actually feel more <laughs> confident about the panel's findings after reading that statement. Uh, the panel also details efforts to move millions of dollars through other businesses in order to complicate the GSA's provision that prohibits him from collecting profits from the hotel and also failed to disclose the sparkling-ass loan terms they managed to get from Deutsche Bank uh, to finance the hotel's renovations. Uh, basically, the bank let Trump take a six-year timeout on making payments. So they basically covered up foreign payments that were being used to cover up foreign payments. <laughs> I guess you could call it a Donzi scheme. Okay, there you go. Donzi. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Ponzi scheme, okay, but you now lose I money. You. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, I get that this is all a bit confusing. The story's about him losing money and hiding illegal profits at the same time. And, and if you're not some kind of logic-defying meta loser, that's not even possible. But <laughs> whenever you hear stories of people losing eight-figure sums and pretending they gained nine-figure sums, you have to ask how they could afford to do that. And since the answer to, but how can Donald Trump afford to X is always something illegal, this is a story worth tracking as it continues to develop. And uh, speaking of keeping an eye towards the future, we're going to take a quick break for a word from this week's other sponsor, Policy Genius. Hey, podcast listener. I've got some bad news. You are going to die. It's true. You will. But don't worry, you probably won't die soon. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, that's that's true. We, we actually don't know that. But one super important thing to do before you die is make sure your loved ones are taken care of with life insurance. And nobody makes that easier than Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Or, put another way, you could save $1,300 or more per year on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policies. $1,300 a year? That's a lot of dough. It sure is. And eligible applicants can get covered in as little as a week thanks to an award-winning policy option that swaps out the standard medical exam requirement for a simple phone call. This exclusive policy was recently rated number one by Forbes Advisor, higher than options from Ladder, Ethos, and Bestow. I've never heard of those things, but I already like them less than Policy Genius. How could you not? And getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Plus, Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. That sounds fantastic. Where do I sign up? Head to policygenius.com to get started now. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Wow, Noah. Well, oh, hey, Carl the Pocket Pegacorn. Oh, doing hey. Yeah. Oh. oh, Carl, why would you kick me in the nuts like that? Oh, uh, this one needed uh, a punchline. Got it. Sure. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Saved by the Nobel News. We have two very important things to report. First of all, the reboot of Save by the Bell is amazing. It's oh, okay. I'm going to challenge it. the definition of important here. It's very important. It's okay, a very important show, the, historically and now. It's a definition of amazing. Also amazing. It's both. Challenges both rejected. Also, the <laughs> 2021 Ig Nobel Prize ceremony happened, and we have some real science to talk about. The winners made big new strides in cat meowing, 
body odor in movie theaters, face punching as it applies to evolution, the airlifting of rhinos, and fuck-based decongestants. Noah, Heath is using my vision board for headlines again. (laughs) (laughs) Which of those is uh, highest on your board? I'm just curious. Well, first of all, you go outside in. (laughs) Read the secret. (laughs) You don't go outside in. Yeah, you go outside in. The most important ones are on the outside of your vision board? the center of your vision board, yeah. The the center is the most important. Yeah, outside in. I don't don't think you understand that. Apology (laughs) accepted. (laughs) The hierarchy works that I was describing. Okay, so here's a few highlights. I'll start with the prize for biology. Swedish biologist Suzanne Schatz did a comprehensive study on all the musical variations within cat meowing. She was able to figure out lots of new information about how they communicate with humans. The meowing can be translated based on the wide variety of musical themes that cats are using. And it turns out they're pretty much all saying, pet me, don't pet me, pet me, don't pet me, I hate you. I'm going to knock off all the stuff from your shelf very slowly right now. Well, today I learned that Noah's been doing ignoble level science for years, damn it. Years! Yeah, right. No, fucking Loki has a dedicated meow for I ordered the pate, asshole. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the chemistry prize. A research team analyzed the body odor created by people in a movie theater, hoping to find a correlation between specific BO and the amount of violence sexuality, profanity, and drug use in the movie being watched. What? That would then allow us to do something with that information. It's not clear why uh, you would ever do this experiment. blind, deaf people to enjoy Tarantino movies? (laughs) I I bet at the end of that experiment, they were like, so guys, what did we figure out? And the leader of the experiment was like, eh, don't sweat it. (laughs) Boo. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Puns are stupid. Moving on to the Ig Nobel... Peace Prize. According to a U.S. team, the beard may have evolved into existence because it helps when you get punched in the face. Apparently, a full beard can absorb about 40% of a face punch. No, it can. And that could be one reason for the emergence of the beard. But we all know Mm -hmm. from watching videos by Christian Wright Pastor Boy and Scathing Atheist Intern with a race car bed, Matt Powell, that is not true. God made beards 6,000 years ago as a handy flavor saver, and that's the only reason they exist. Yeah. Matt is right. Matt is wrong. Matt's getting an ignoble prize. I'm very confused. I'm very confused. <laughs> See, now I'm trying to imagine a dude with a goatee in a fight just like trying to angle his chin this way and that as the blows come raining down. That's that's an awesome visual. <laughs> Soul patch guy, he's the one who's got the skills to pay the bills. <laughs> Ow, who punched in the cheek? This is serious. We said lower face. Fuck you. All right. Next up, we have the transportation prize. And this one is actually some good science. I've been saying to myself for years, when I airlift a rhinoceros, should I lay it on its side in a net or should I hang it by the ankles upside down? But I never had the science budget to figure out the answer. Well, they've done it. The answer is hang it by the ankles upside down. Apparently, it's better for maintaining their blood pressure. Blood pressure. Yeah. Who said just leave the rhino alone? This is serious, guys. Be serious, okay? Sometimes you gotta airlift a rhino, though. <laughs> it happens. No. It happens. And it's... Check my vision board. And last <laughs> but not least... Should I check the corners <laughs> where the important stuff is? <laughs> we have the medicine prize. And once again, it answered a very important question for me personally. I'm always wondering, 
Should I take some Sudafed for the sniffles that I have? Or should I masturbate? And the answer is both. That would have been my answer. Actually, according to the research team, the answer is have sex with another person. So, you know, braggy. But really, it's a tie <laughs> between just orgasm is the, is the important thing here. Okay, they found so. it's a tie. It's a tie between Sudafed and orgasms. They found that sex ending in an orgasm is equally effective as most standard decongestant medicine. Okay, so have sex with certain other people. <laughs> Not everyone's going to get the job done. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but the orgasm technique only lasts for about an hour. So you can masturbate every hour. Take Sudafed or both. I know. Double can, it up. Can you believe that they rejected my name for the sex-based cold treatment? Uh, what's that? Bakewell. I don't understand. So in your mind, that was worth the setup? That was worth having a whole setup for? Everything? I was off for a month working on that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that on your vision board in the, figured, the middle? The middle. In the middle, off, where important middle? stuff goes. Yeah, would, yeah would that's what I was saying. off for a month give you more time to think through? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Either way, congratulations to all the winners of the Ig Nobel Prizes. Great job with all that science. Uh, nothing else important going on right now in the world with science-y stuff. You're nailing it. You came up with some great stuff. <laughs> and in drunken disorderly news, a Turkish man made a surprising discovery this month when he joined a passing search party only to discover that the person they were searching for was him. I love this. <laughs> yes. Behan Mutlu went drinking with a friend Tuesday night, and when he didn't return, his wife reported him missing. Unaware that he had, and this is a quote, gone to sleep in a house in the forest, end quote. <laughs> Honey, I told you I might be in a fairy tale kind of late. <laughs> so, Don't call the, the cops. The, the little Lilliputians tied me down. But no, okay, so wait, what, but, so does he get the credit or no? I don't understand <laughs> how the... Well, we're going to find out. So the following morning, as he was leaving his alcohol recovery forest house, he came across the search party and just joined in with them. When interviewed by the website T24, he said, quote, after a while, they said they were looking for Behan Mutlu. I broke into a cold sweat when I heard my name. I told them I was Behan Mutlu, but they continued to search. Why would he break into a sweat? Did he think he was lost when they oh, told him? Dude. <laughs> oh, fuck. I hope we find me. <laughs> he continues, they didn't believe me. The what? truth came out when my friend Masoot saw me. End quote. He needed a citation? Yeah. Wow. And, well, I think. <laughs> and again, quote from the Huffington Post. He was part of the search party, which apparently didn't believe him, for more than an hour. <laughs> An hour later, he just drops himself on the ground like he's cheating at golf. Oh, look, I found me. We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, then, well, one of you motherfuckers find me. It's hot. I'm hungover. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, obviously, with everything important going on in the world today, this isn't exactly breaking news, but it is an important PSA. If you have a sleep it off house in the woods, tell your wife. And if you don't tell your wife, carry some fucking ID. Yeah, right? Right. Get one of those tiles. Always keep it on you. Yeah. And finally tonight, in malarial coverage brought to you by News. <laughs> Who endorsed the world's first malaria vaccine? Yes. In yet another categorical win for both vaccines and the scientific method, researchers have finally managed to create an effective way to inoculate people against the scourge of the equatorial world that is malaria. 
And this breakthrough, which stands to save tens of thousands of African children's lives every year, will be less effective thanks to the efforts of the Jenny McCarthy's and Nicki Minaj's of the world. Their misguided efforts to chime in on scientific subjects they have negative qualifications for will lead to more people dying. More. Uh, Their already reprehensible death toll will accelerate now because when you turn your back on science, you kill people. And this, by the way, is what it sounds like when I do a good news story. (laughs) Yeah, this is a good one. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing people just, you know, a week from now are going to be like, they only did it to sabotage hydroxychloroquine. Right. Like, <laughs> sabotage mosquitoes or some big mosquito, right. little mosquito. I don't know. Next, they're going to cure horse worms for people. Everybody slather up that <laughs> ivermectin for fucking spite. Okay, Keith, but maybe you're onto something there. Maybe if we tell them that we're curing the parasites, they'll start taking the vaccines for yeah, it instead. Yeah, right, Maybe. right. If we tell it, tell them it removes toxins. So, okay, so this vaccine <laughs> was developed by the evil pharmaceutical company GlaxoSmithKline and has already been administered to over 800,000 kids in Ghana, Kenya, and Malawi since 2019. Uh, now, the vaccine is far from perfect. Clinical trials suggest it might have as low as a 39% success rate in preventing malaria and a 29% success rate in uh, against severe malaria cases in small children. That being said, a study by the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine showed that that ultimately amounted to a 70% reduction in hospitalization and death. And in on the scam. Yeah, well, and for a disease that kills nearly half a million people a year and disproportionately affects children under the age of five, those numbers are fucking miraculous. Miraculous is absolutely the right word there, right? If 29% of the people Kenny fucking Copeland rubbed his greasy mitts over had anything good happen to them, we'd get 17 emails about it from Christians a week. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, of course, there's a huge gap between approving a vaccine and distributing one, a fact we're all suffering through at the moment. Uh, While it is considered a very cost-effective vaccine, the people most at need for it are generally in the world's poorest areas with the world's worst infrastructure. Uh, GSK has committed to giving away 15 million doses a year, though, at rock-bottom prices, not (laughs) for free. Uh, Their big humanitarian (laughs) gesture is to promise to not sell it for more than 5% above cost. And as altruistic as that isn't when weighed against virtually every other pricing decision in the history of uh, pharmaceutical companies, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, well, you know, it's like Jonas Salk said, can you get me five points on the sun? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I should say, too, uh, that there are probably a lot of people surprised by this story because you know, if you haven't been keeping up over the last couple of decades, you might have thought that this wasn't an issue anymore, right? Like we have had effective medicines against malaria since the 1820s, and we eliminated it in the U.S. back in the early 1950s. But the worldwide effort to eradicate it altogether seems to have stalled at right about the time we knocked it out of all the white countries. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Uh-huh. So the fact that we're moving forward at all is actually a really big deal. Um, and, and the fact that we're leaping forward is huge. Uh, so after having been away for a month, I was really stoked that I could actually close things off on such an up note. Although I wish I'd, in retrospect, pick something funnier than malaria to hand you guys for your interjection. I thought it was malarious. <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you. I knew I'd get there by the end of the podcast. Yeah, no, you're all warmed up now. Where was malarious on the vision board? Right. Put that in the middle. That's good stuff. We had seriously though, good news about vaccines. Right? That's very refreshing, I must okay. say. And on that note, we are gonna close it out. Quit while we're ahead. Thanks to No Illusions, thanks to Eli Bosnick, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on those other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, 
please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Stubby, Revan, Crazy Corgi, yeah. Michael Rouser, Matt Leischer, Joel McNicklical, that's a cool name, Baroque and Broken, Jason, I'm gonna pay for this, Black People Tip Fuck You Heath, what? <laughs> did did I say I black people don't? Tip? I like that. I this like seems that. like a good. I, if I literally pull said on. that, I genuinely apologize. That is, can't I don't see he that did. as something. He says it all the time. Okay, moving right past that. Juice don't Elizabeth smell K, different. Also, Fuck you, Noah. Wow. <laughs> Elizabeth K, Sandy Colby Carr, Jason K, Joe Hyde, Wild Matt, Abigail Hurley, Mark Smith, Jeff, Lady Vesperal. Alec Krolik, Buck, and Jenny Dowd, whose beautiful dicks and vaginas, they're like that great feeling of newly printed paper that's just a little bit warm. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? The smell of like, a ditto. Like you know that. it's a good show when we attract Crazy Corgi and Wild Matt. It's going to be a hell of a party. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Skating Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Shat and vomited. Policy genius. I don't think we can put shat and vomited in the ad. (laughs) I mean, shat's probably not actually on the list of words we're not allowed to say. Right, they yeah. probably haven't thought of the past tense version, but anyway, they should have insured against that. Mm-hmm. Yep, they sure should have. How dare you? Up <laughs> <laughs> in there. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC. Copyright twenty twenty one. All rights reserved.